Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joe Milmine and this is episode 86, Beaded Knitting on a Train. The Shiny Bees podcast is delighted to be sponsored by Fluff, Dundee's premier yarn shop. Fluff is based in Blackness Road in Dundee and also has an online shop at www.fluff.co.uk. Stockists of both mainstream and indie yarns, including the Wool Kitchen, and their very own line of yarns, Rusty Ferret. To find out more, click through the link in the show notes or head to www.fluff.co.uk. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast. I hope you're well. Hello, welcome in. If you are a returning listener, my heartfelt thanks to you for joining me again. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and listening in with me. And if you're new and you've just discovered the podcast, welcome. I hope you will enjoy what you find here. If you don't like knitting or dogs in knitwear, it's probably not the place for you. Particularly if you don't have any sense of humour whatsoever. But otherwise, uh, we're a friendly bunch. Come in, get your knitting, sit down and uh, get comfy. Because there's plenty of entertaining chatter available for you today. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There will be some chatter about Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which I attended. Uh, last week and over the weekend, when it was my birthday, it was my birthday on Friday, 33, crazy eh, there will be a bit of chat about that, I think you can't get away from it, I know everyone's been going on and on and on and on about it for ages, so I will keep it to a minimum for you, I have my three notable mentions and I have my best in show, and that's it, I'm not going to do it to death because other people will do it to death for me, and I just think it's a bit unfair for the, you know, 2,000 odd of you who didn't get to go <laughs> that listen to the show. So I will uh, give you, in an enabling fashion, some people to go check out if you missed it. And maybe if you did go and didn't see these people there who I was rating for this show, I like to do like almost like crufts. But obviously the vendors are not dogs. <laughs> Nor do they have knitwear, disappointingly. Or the dogs don't have knitwear. Um, the vendors do have knitwear and we're massively going down a black hole here I'm gonna throw the shovel in and jump in with it I think uh, so I'll give you uh, that so you can go and have a look at their websites and things if you didn't get to attend and if you did hopefully it'll be a nice revision for you I got to meet loads of listeners which I was really 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 excited about and some of my nitty heroes as well some podcasts that I listen to got to hang out with them and it was nice it was really nice but it went past so quickly last year we seemed to be able to sit for quite a long time knitting and chatting to people and this year it just flew I've no idea what happened uh, but I kind of woke up and it was Sunday morning but I will get like I say I will share my bits and pieces with you not too much not too big a depth I got to say hello to some awesome people uh, not least, some lovely patrons of my podcast who I took to the pub. 
There's like a really dodgy kind of sports bar type man's man pub next door. It's almost backs onto the Baron room in the venue, which the Baron room is the big room where they have the evening entertainment and where they have a breakout area and the podcast lounge. So I took some of them though, it was very chappy, you know, loud tellies, lots of Scott, gruff Scottish blokes drinking pints. So that was great fun. I got to meet lots of people in the podcast lounge as well who came to the meetup. So thank you if you did come. If I didn't get to speak to you, because I know some of you have already told me <laughs> quietly from behind the safety of your smartphone screen that you didn't you didn't want to interrupt me because I looked busy. Um, if you see me at an event, interrupt me. I talk a lot and I'll just stand there chatting. And if you don't stop me, then I'll find someone else to talk to. It's very rare that I'm walking around and not talking to somebody. <laughs> So please, if you do see me, don't feel bad for interrupting. I know it feels a bit awkward, uh, but don't feel bad. Just come and stand. I'll just loiter next to me. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm sure that I won't mind whatsoever if you do interrupt me. So if I didn't get to speak to you, I, I am sorry uh, that I missed you. Because I know there were definitely some people I was dying to talk to and say hello to that I didn't get chance to. Uh, but if you did come and say hello, and there is a very long list of people who did come and say hello, Thank you. I absolutely, there's no point doing this to not make friends with anyone and to just be stuck in your room on your own talking to a microphone, a very large microphone. Um, but there's just no point. It's, there's no fun in that. My fun is when I get to meet all of you guys. So uh, thank you if you did come and say hello. A big thank you to the oh, really kind people who brought me birthday presents. <laughs> and cards I was completely blown away knitters we all know knitters are lovely we do and it's nice just to see people anyway but when people bring you birthday cards and stuff and little presents it's completely amazing so a huge thank you uh to everyone that I saw and for the people who, who sent me cards as well also in not that I'm, I'm kind of singling people out in particular, but uh, Hannah, Jenny and Kate, who were publicly told off on the podcast and on Instagram for not saying hello at, at Yarndale and for sneaking past when they saw me talking to uh, Victoria at Eden Cottage instead of interrupting me as, as directed previously. Um, who, bless them, they got me a birthday cake. And I had a card that said, buy me gin, it's my birthday on it. And if that wasn't good enough, that was pretty amazing. I was really happy. I got a little bee cake, a little birthday cake with a candle on it and everything that had a bee on it. How cool is that? Amazing. Loved it. Although it came in a, in a cake box. It's very nice cake from Waitrose. Very nice cake. And um, the box looked like a watch box. I was like, oh my God, you've not bought me a watch. I am actually going to be speechless. <laughs> but luckily they hadn't. It was just the world's most amazing birthday cake uh, with a bee on it and not a Rolex thank god <laughs> it was absolutely a pleasure to meet those three after chatting to all of you all of them uh, so much on social media I also got a lovely from Helen a um a, a placemat for my cup it's in my office now and it says approach with caution this person is literally full of gin which is very cool, and um, I got a, a badge from Scully, Louise Scully of Knit British got me a badge, it said genius on it, 
So I've taken to wearing that every opportunity, along with loads of other stuff. I've got a, a chocolate rabbit in knitwear, chocolate bunny rabbit with chocolate knitwear on from lovely Chris. That was amazing. He's not lasted very long. I ate him the other day. Um, but it's so cool, just so, so kind. And I really appreciate you. And I really appreciate all of you who listen. And um, to have people celebrate my birthday with me as well is just really cool. So I absolutely loved that. And um, speaking of general shout-outs, I have a couple for the last few weeks. Uh, number one being Susie. Susie's a bit of a regular shout-out person on the podcast. Um, she had a shout-out about mohair, and now she's got a shout-out about Zoolander. So Susie emailed me to tell me that she made, basically, her husband and daughter watch Zoolander. And then Nana came, and they made Nana watch it too. And then daughter's friends came, and they made them watch it too. And then it was her husband's birthday, and said daughter, who sounds like a complete legend, made him a Zoolander birthday card with a picture of Derek on from the beginning scene where um, he's talking when the the girl, I can't remember her name, the blonde one is married to him in real life, um, she comes in and uh, and he's got this this headband on, this patterned headband, and he's, he shows her his looks and they're all the same at the beginning. Well, it looks just like that. It's amazing. So I'm hoping she won't mind if I put a link in the show notes so I can share it with all of you. It's really cool. And also I got another email from a fairly new listener called Lucy with the title, Corpsing. And I got it first thing in the morning. Now, and my vocabulary is fairly wide, but corpsing is not a word that I've ever known about or used. And I do tend to get some really strange emails at times. So I was in two minds about whether to actually open this email in the first place. But I'm glad I did, because corpsing is a theatrical term for falling over with laughter, basically. And um, she basically emailed to say, oh, I have, you know, listen in my office, they're all really straight laced. And I'm basically crying in the corner laughing at your podcast, thank you very much for making me laugh type thing, which is just, just made my day because I got it at the end of a week where I'd done some interviews with some really high profile people and I'd lost the audio because there was a problem with the audio recording software and I was just, and I've been working up to getting everything sorted so that I can concentrate on my new stuff and I'll have things back, you know, like backlogged, ready to go, scheduled and I was really just like, you know what, I've had enough. I've had enough of this, it's so much work and, you know, probably nobody even listens anyway, which I know isn't true, obviously, but when you're in that mood, you're like, nobody even listens anyway, no one cares, but no one's even laughing at me anymore. And then I get this email saying that she's basically crying, almost wetting her pants in the corner of a really straight-laced office and um, it really cheered me up, <laughs> sort of boosted me on to continue. Uh, so thank you for that, Lucy and Susie, amazing, amazing work with the fam, loving it, absolutely loving it. Also, quick mentions for Golf and Knit and uh, Francine Knits, who's Franny on Ravelry. You've both sent me lovely messages this week as well. Thank you. And Rian Festival then, without the preemptive intro to the next section. Got to press on, press on today. And it was a great festival. I really enjoyed last year. This year was really good as well. If there's one thing you have to say about Joe and Mika, who are the organisers of the festival, it's that they can organise the living goodness out of anything. They're very, very well organised. And um, obviously that helps when you go into a festival, everything runs on rails, makes it all very easy, which is good. I went along on the Thursday, got the train up to 
Edinburgh. It's quite, in fact, weirdly, my house now is probably twice the distance away from my old house in Scotland. And yet it only takes two thirds of the time to get there. Crazy. And so I popped up on the Trans-Pennine Express, which is the most ironically named train ever, because it's not express in any way, shape or form. But popped on there with the lovely Gingini, we got the train, plenty of knitters on the train as well, up to Edinburgh, a couple of, couple of cans of gin and tonic um, to speed us along. I posted a picture on Instagram of me knitting on the train. I decided to take the boo knit shawl with me because I can actually knit that in quite public places, distracting places and get away with it. I know I always harp on about how easy hair patterns are and that is how easy it is. I can take it for knit night knitting, I can take it for pub knitting because it's just the same six, 16 or 12 or um, 9 stitch pattern repeat every time. So I do find it quite easy to to do that so I decided to take it on the train and I posted a picture of my knitting and my gin and tonic on the train and it caused complete uproar and everyone was kind of worried about how I'm managing to knit on the train and am I going to drop all of my beads and you know what's going on I'm crazy and uh, clearly if I was on my way into well I, in fact I do knit on that on the way into Manchester as well if I was on some scabby London train where everyone's shoving you out the way and it's all really rickety, I probably wouldn't get the beads out. Um, I was on the express train, darling, on the West Coast Main Line. It's not very bumpy, it's fine. So I decided that I would uh, just knit on that. It was fine, don't worry. Just um, don't, if you've got small children around, don't do it. If you stood up, don't do it. If you've got a little space and you're not going to get moved, it's totally, totally fine. So I knitted on that on the way up and saw the other knitters and things. It's good. Then went to the knit night where I continued to knit on on that and sat with uh, lovely Isla Brit yarn and um, Emily and her lovely husband who att attends wool festivals occasionally and does it very well and a few other people before going off to some gin drinking. We went to the Edinburgh Gin place in Edinburgh. It's the west end of Prince Street in the Heads and Tails bar. That's where the Edinburgh Gin is distilled. And we had a little gin night there, meet up. It's very good fun. Got to meet the wonderful Ray, who is uh, Madame de Beauvoir on Twitter. Hilarious lady. Fab knitter. She's psycho knitter on instagram she's not psychopathic or at least she doesn't appear to be anyway maybe we're at the beginning of the film where she is a psychopath but we've not actually found that out yet i don't know <laughs> don't worry she'll find that funny um very similarly um sense of humor to me and very very funny and it was like one of those where you meet these your friends off the internet and it just feels like you've known them forever she's brilliant so do give her a follow she's hilarious i got to meet her as well as all my other pals, it was fun, fun, fun. But we didn't want to take it too big. So we went back to my friend Kay's house, at Sling Kay, and she's got a lovely, lovely brand new house on the outskirts of Edinburgh. And it's all on, you know, there's, there's the vases with skeins in around the house. And it's just so nice and brand new and shiny. And I'm really excited for her because she was very excited about getting this house. And, you know, she's moved down to Edinburgh for when she doesn't work offshore. And it's all a big new start. I'm very excited for her. And I'm just so pleased because the house is lovely. I could move in tomorrow. It's really, really nice. She did a brilliant job of doing it up. So we got to stay there and have like a party house, which was great. And on Saturday morning, we had to get up very early to go into, on Saturday, Friday even, 
so confused when they do it on Friday and Saturday uh, to go into Edinburgh and it's only a short hop, short hop on the train from her house into the middle of town. I did have a few purchases, getting to the nitty gritty, let's just cut to the chase Joe. what did you buy? I was really good and I've mentioned it a few times recently about how I've reached saturation with my stash and I want to be spending more time knitting the stuff I have. I don't want to stop buying things um, because that's never a good thing for me to do. If I try and go cold turkey on anything, I don't like it and I'll just rebel and I'll do it anyway and I'll have a massive splurge. So better just to say, well, you can still buy things if you want them um, because that makes me really critical as, as to how much I love them before I'll come and allow them to get in with the other stuff that I have. And I could de-stash some of it but I still actually everything I've got in there I still really quite like I just want to spend more time knitting on it really and prioritize that rather than the acquisition part of it I did buy I was trying to stop myself buying anything that was four ply and I'm more towards the heavier weights at the moment because you you have a skin of that you knit a hat it's gone you know you've got a hat you've no longer got a skin Whereas the four plies and stuff is in lace weight, it lasts forever, doesn't it? You can't kill the thing. It just keeps coming back like that guy off of Halloween. Um, but I did buy some four ply. And it came from the wool kitchen. I will pick it up so you can have a listen to it. Give it a little, little squish. I am a massive sucker for silk blends. Never used to like silk in yarn until uh, I met Kate Ellis and started the golden skin and she was all about silk yarns and I was all about self-stripe and now all I knit with is silk and all she knits with is self-stripe and um, I got this from Helen at the Wool Kitchen. I have interviewed her, she will be a guest on the podcast in a few weeks. If you haven't met her before, she's based in South, uh, not South London, East London in Walthamstow as she says because she's from Yorkshire originally and she dyes some really really beautiful yarns and I've mentioned the Urban Hints yarn before on the podcast and this is indeed a skein of that. It's in the colourway Blood Orange, it's a 50-50 merino silk four ply, uh, fingering weight and you get 400 metres to 100 grams and it is glorious. I'm massively into light oranges and corals um, and the last skein that I bought uh, from Jess at Ginger Twist Studio which was at Yarndale was also a very very similar colour and I think in that base it is beautiful so I'm very excited to see what that turns into I'm not going to push it in any particular direction to start with just let it, let it tell me what it wants to become but it is glorious she had a couple of new versions of her Urban Hints and it's a gradient yarn so it starts in one colour and then basically as you go further down you get little flecks of the darker colour and then that gets more and more and more until you're in the other darker colour. There was a beautiful silver and a grey one as well but I have about 20 grey skeins and about half of them have got silk in so I was like no I'll get I'll get the other one because I've got less coral coloured yarn. <laughs> it was worth it, it was worth it. The other thing that I bought was a bag from the little grey girl. She was my guest on the podcast last week. Her name is Gemma. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. She's really good fun. And she had a new lines, basically new fabrics and things that she was launching at Edinburgh. She had a really successful show. Her stall was mobbed the whole time. And with good reason, frankly. And I got a medium-sized project bag from there with... Uh, it's handmade and it's grey on the inside. And then on the outside, it's got... 
a print that's made up of different buildings. I really like buildings and architecture. I really love maps uh, and I like clouds as well. So she did have a cloud one, but I was really drawn to this building one. And so I bought that. Oops. I also got 600 gram balls of yarn from Nakandu Wool Mill, which was the Blue Cardin Farm, um, which I bought a lot of at Highland Wool Festival in June, I want to say. And I bought about 12 balls and it was only £2.80 a ball. Uh, now it's down to £1.50, so it would have been rude not to. So I basically cleaned out all of that, figured that there'll be something I can use it for at £1.50 a ball. And that was it. That was it. How good is that? How how restrained am I? It was my birthday as well. My mother-in-law gave me spends to go and get some. And I, I just there was just nothing that I wanted. There was some exciting new stuff there, like the Daughter of a Shepherd. Um, but if there's a colour that is just not me, that you would just never see me with, it's dark brown. And it was dark brown, so that was out. Um, Isolde had some nice blends, but again, I was like, I don't need any four-ply. It's going to have to be knock your socks off four-ply before I'll get involved. And although there was a lot of nice stuff, there wasn't a lot of really new different stuff in particular. I do go to a lot of shows, though, so I do tend to see the same people all the time, which is why I quite like to go to the ones that are out of the way or the smaller shows because you then tend to get some different stuff. Definitely still worth going, obviously. It's just because of the nature of, of the work I do and everything that I do. I do go to nearly every show, so you're going to kind of get some repetition, aren't you? So yeah, that was um, the good stuff that I, I bought and now we'll go into my recommends and my best in show. Notable mentions then. Number one, Beyond Measure. The shop I'd never heard of before, before I went to Edinburgh and the lady who owns it basically sells beautiful haberdashery stuff and frippery uh, to go along with your sewing. She had some great jars, glass jars for storing things in and what were really popular and I really liked as well were the little it's like a wooden base, hand-turned wooden base, really warm coloured wool. And then on top it was a tweed fabric and inside it was stuffed with wool. And they were pin cushions uh, for your pins. And I didn't get one at this point because they looked like the kind of thing you want to pick up and hold all the time. And I have two small, very grabby children. And I wouldn't want to get it and then put it away somewhere where you couldn't see it because it's also very beautiful. So I decided to hold off this time and then get one another time because I want to be able to have it out where I can see it. So I need to sort my storage and everything out first. How, sen how sensible is that? But what I didn't realise and found out subsequently thanks to the power of Facebook is the lady who owns it is called Grace Wowell. Now, what I didn't realise is that Grace's sister Mary was Grace's sister because Mary is a friend of mine from university, a really good friend of mine who studied geography at the University of Manchester with me and love her to bits, lovely, lovely, lovely girl, very nice. And um, I just saw her share something from Beyond Measure. I was like, oh, I went to the show and I saw this lady. She makes really beautiful stuff. She's like, it's my sister. 
And so suddenly the six degrees of separation went from six to about half a degree. So full disclosure, I found out after I decided I loved all of her stuff <laughs> that she's actually my friend's sister. Um, so you can find everything from her at shopbeyondmeasure.co.uk. So if you're a fan of beautiful frippery for your sewing and knitting needs, you can find her there. And also on her website, if you want to see this stuff in real life before you get your grubby little mitts on it and get your purse out... She is going to be attending quite a few of the knitting shows as well and you can find that in the events tab on her website. So that is beyond measure. Number two, I'm going to pronounce it in Northern and in English, Cowtown Knits or Cowtown Knits, uh, who have was a vendor in the pop-up lounge. She's moved recently to the UK from Canada and she designs really cute knitting patterns. Now I'd seen some of her stuff prior to the event on Instagram and she'd had some of her patterns made up into books and they looked really really nice and I particularly enjoyed all of the patterns she had on offer they were really just really nice stuff that you can see yourself knitting in the same way that Tin Can Knits does a lot of really nice stuff that you can see yourself knitting that's not necessarily like the biggest statement piece ever it's not like Westy coming in with a neon shawl but nearly every piece you're like yeah I could totally see myself using that and wearing that I really like that and she has two very cute children, one of whom was incredibly polite when I was in her way and she was trying to put rubbish in the bin and that goes a long way for me. I like a good polite child, especially if they're cute. Um, so you can find her knitting designs, not her children, at cowtown, cowtownknits.wordpress.com. I will put links in the show notes for those of you who don't speak northern. Cowtown Knits. My last and by no means least notable mention was Tilly Flop Designs. Tilly Flop is not a new thing. If you've been to the shows before, you'll have seen her around. She does some really great knit and crochet themed cards and prints, tea towels, mugs uh, and, and tattoos, knit tattoos as well. And I saw some of her newer prints and new designs and thought they were really cool. I ended up having a good chat to her and it turns out that she's originally from literally the other side of Wigan. And because there's two there's two towns that are together, there's Wigan and Lee, and there's quite a rivalry, if you will, between the two. So you're either from Wigan or you're a Lather. Um she's a Lather. And she's just moved back to the north and back to Manchester as well. And she has some cool new designs for her cards, including one that said, keep on going with Yed Down, which I thought was quite cool. It's something her dad always used to say, apparently. So you can go check her out at uh, Tilly Flop Designs. I'll put a link in the show notes. She has a shop on Etsy. And now... That was a drum roll, because I don't have a drum to hand. Funny old thing. Uh, best in show. Best in Show for Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2016 as awarded by the Shiny Bees podcast and completely decided by me using the force and no specific criteria whatsoever, although I am not, I repeat, not subject to any bribery in any way, shape or form, disappointingly, was the joint stall of Travel Knitter and Wool Kitchen. Every time I walked past, it was heaving and... Basically, on one side was Wool Kitchen with her crazy colours. On the other side was Larissa with every colour of red I could ever want and I already own. <laughs> I was like, I want to come buy something, but I have all your reds already. Um, and her beautiful, really rich, saturated colours. And she also does her stall out beautifully with the travel theme. 
and they were aided and abetted by the lovely woolen words Amelia, who was effectively like a bouncer slash, you know, 50-50 assistant for each of them. Really good vibe on their stall. They're both really great characters as well as Amelia. They're all very, very good fun. And their stall looked brilliant and the yarn was beautiful. So they were my best in show. I'll put links to both of their shops in the show notes for you to go and check out. So that's my roundup really of Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It is. I was lucky enough to do a workshop whilst I was there as part of the podcast lounge programme. And it was really well attended. About 20 people came. I was blown away. So I didn't expect anyone to turn up to listen to me bleat on about content calendars and why it's important to get your life organised so that you know what you're writing and you're doing everything that you need to do for your business, but not, you know, completely overwhelmed. And it went down really well. So thank you if you attended. I am repeating that webinar style this week on Thursday evening at eight o'clock. You need to sign up to the mailing list to get the link so that I can send, basically, so I know who you are, so I can send you a replay afterwards. So if you can't make it on Thursday night, there'll be a replay anyway. So if you want to just sign up to the list, I can send you the replay. So I'm going to be repeating it again for those people who couldn't get off their stalls and also for people who weren't at Edinburgh, because it's a bit unfair if you miss everything. It's totally free to attend and my first proper, like, webinar style thing it's really really good fun really enjoyed it some brilliant questions from the people who attended and hopefully they all seemed very fired up to to go and put this into practice on their blogs and podcasts and hopefully it would help you if you're in that situation as well so i'll put a link to that in the show notes to the sign up for it and i will be emailing out the details later on uh, for anyone who does want to come and attend as i say it's completely free you can come it lasts about 45 minutes there's show notes not show notes there's actual workshop notes available at the end and there's 15 20 minutes for questions and things afterwards as well links for that will also be in the show notes so without further ado i think we better go on to a couple of quick notices before uh, we do some golden skein chat and enable you in a huge way to try some new dyers notices and community activity i feel like a community notice board uh, the rewind knit along is up and running i have wound my yarn it is the shiny bees podcast yarn i'm making basically to go along with my shawl of awesome which i still haven't put on ravelry <laughs> as i found out when people said oh i didn't realize you'd finished it because i was wearing it at edinburgh i was like yeah yeah i've not seen it on ravelry i was like oh Oh, not even put it on Ravelry yet. I am doing a Lush cardigan to go along with that. So I am Team Lush in some beautiful 75-25 merino silk Stellina yarn from Berry Colourful Yarning. So I'll put some pictures up when I get that cast on because I want to finish the Boonit shawl first. But everyone else has cast on and they're cracking on. There is a thread in the Ravelry group and we do have prizes already from Suffolk Socks we've got some yarn also from uh, Cedar Hill Yarn Company from Kaya over there who's donated some yarn for that as well I also in the prizes have a notions pouch from the little grey girl which uh, they flew off the shelves on Friday and uh, many more to come so if you want to join in you, you still plenty of time to do so go to the thread on Ravelry there will be a link in the show notes um to the rewind knit along also, the Golden Skin is running a walk-off knit-along. Now, if you're a fan of Zoolander, this may well interest you. 
over on the group on Ravelry, which is called The Golden Skein. Links will be in the show notes. We're doing a walk-off knit along. And this basically consists of three shawls, three teams. It's a walk-off. Recreating the walk-off scene from Zoolander. So the first pattern is Zoolandia by Stephen West. And this is basically representing Derek Zoolander. And the second pattern is Starman, which is designed by Helen Reed of The Wool Kitchen. That's representing David Bowie, because he was the one who was refereeing it in the scene. There's, if you haven't seen it, I've put a little video in the thread so you can watch the scene and get the idea of what was going on. And the third one is Hansel, which is by Gudrun Johnston, and that is representing Hansel, obviously the other male model. So there's three teams. You can you don't have to just be in one. If you want to knit a couple of these, you can be in a couple of teams. Um, you can use works in progress if you've already started. And the aim is just basically to get into a team and do a walk-off with your knitting. And very, very few rules there. Uh, but if you're knitting any of those patterns and want someone to knit along with, or you fancy just recreating the fun of Zoolander via the medium of knitting, then you can join the walk-off cal on the Golden Skein group. So speaking of the Golden Skein, I'm going to do a little bit of enabling. So the latest quarter of the Golden Skein for you then. If you don't know, I am the evil genius behind the Golden Skein, the finest hand-dyed yarn company the world has to offer. And each quarter we give, for our Power of Three Club and our Slimmers Club, we give the same inspiration picture to three different dyers and basically say we want you to dye it onto this specific base, but otherwise, crack on, essentially. Do what you like, go crazy, show us what your specific style is like. And the aim is that people can get some cool stuff from dyes that they do know about, they wouldn't get anywhere else because they are all limited edition runs, and that they get to dis- uh, discover new dyes that they might not have heard of before. You don't need to necessarily be part of the club to take part in the fun. We have an open group over on Ravelry, and the basic premise behind it is to free your skeins. So Everybody has a golden skein in their life that is their favourite, it's precious and it's almost intimidating because it's so lovely you don't want to spoil it and our kind of ethos is that that's really good but if you flew your plane into a hill tomorrow morning you wouldn't be thinking I'm really glad I never knitted that skein. So it's about getting your lovely skeins out, using them, enjoying them, appreciating them, turning them into something you can love every single day and just replacing that golden skein with another one that you can love and and dote on for a little bit before you turn that into a beautiful work of art as well. You can find everything about that at www.thegoldenskein.com and the sign-ups will be open again soon. They're not open at the moment, they're only open for four weeks of the year, one week per quarter. Um, so you can't get in there yet if you want to. But the other part of it is to, you know, introduce these dyers to new customers. So you don't, if you like to have control over your colours and what you get and everything, you don't have to be part of the club. Just go along and check them out, you know, and see what other stuff they've got and buy some of their other stuff directly from them. The whole point is, is that we all kind of share in this yarny love thing. And if you like surprises then you can get one and if you don't wait and see who dies and then go and see their stuff and get some stuff from them directly it's you know either way is fine it's all cool but i like to share them with you so that you can go and have a look at them if they're new and you discover some new dyers as well on the podcast 
So this quarter, it was a picture of a plate of macarons. It's beautiful. They look delicious. I wanted to eat all of them. And I chose the dyers. Unfortunately, what my, my very first ultimate choice dyer um, is having a baby. <laughs> so she wasn't able to come and do this picture because this picture was on. I almost choose the pictures with dyers in mind. Uh, but I, had, I did get three excellent dyers uh, to dye for this quarter. The first of which is Alice Ellsworth of Whistlebear. Now, you'll remember Alice from an interview a few months ago now where she talks about running her farm they make their own line of mohair yarns and they also have Wensleydale sheep and she mentioned that she was spinning up a new sock yarn and it was only released at Unravel in middle of February and I was very keen to get this into the club because I like to put new stuff in um, a lot of people who are members are you know real aficionados they love to try new stuff they like to get their hands on Stuff is a little bit different that other people haven't got yet and they really enjoy the journey of learning about it so I thought this would go down quite well. Um, and it's the first mohair yarn we've had in the club. So um, Alice is based in Berwick-upon-Tweed in Northumberland and Whistlebear is a family affair. Alice and her family keep Angora goats for their luscious mohair and Wensleydale sheep for their silky long wool which you remember her boys look after the sheep. The fibre is sent to Yorkshire to be spun and then returns to the farm where Alice gets to indulge in her other passion, colour. Situated between the Cheviot Hills and plenty of rugged Northumbrian coastline, the inspiration for the unique coloured yarns comes from the natural palette that surrounds the farm. Cuthbert's Sock, named for the famous Cuthbert's Way that passes by Whistlebear, is Alice's newest yarn and is 70% mohair, 30% Wensleydale and all of it comes from their farm which I think is really cool I like how it's a new yarn I like how it's all from their farm I like how everything is really family orientated you know the air miles on it are low it's it's just cool it's just something different and new so her colorway was called sweet saint's heart and she said uh, being asked to die for the golden skein came at the perfect time to launch my new yarn Cuthbert's sock so I was delighted the picture of the macarons seal the deal for me as vibrant yet slightly softened colours are what I'm all about. Capturing the richness evident in the macarons as well as expressing their comforting sweetness turns out to be quite a challenge. A challenge that I finally mastered on Valentine's Day, hence the name Sweet Saint's Heart. It's lovely, the yarn has got such a gleam to it. You know, real inherent lustre um, that you just don't, you know, deep, deep lustre that you just don't get on, even on silk yarns, you just don't get that depth that you get in this one. Um, where it almost seems to glow on its own and it sounds a little bit dramatic, say, yarn glows, uh, but this really does. And uh, yeah, lovely, lovely yarn. The next person that we, we what we had in the club is an Italian lady called Valentina Consalvi. She runs Snail Yarn, which is based in Italy. Valentina fell in love with hand dyeing as soon as she tried it in 2013 and turned it into a business shortly afterwards. She's very environmentally minded and uses this approach in her choices of supplier and in the dyeing process. Her studio is currently her kitchen, which, you know, we're a big fan of a kitchen studio but she expects to have to move into a bigger space sometime soon. How exciting. 
Valentina dyed her colourway onto her uh, four-ply, 100% blue face Leicester base. We haven't had a BFL for a couple of clubs. There's been some merinos and some nice luxurious blends. Not had much BFL, so I really wanted to get some BFL in there. Quick flip of the page um, from her. And uh, I've not had an Italian dye yet, so obviously wanted someone different there. So she said about her colourway, which is called Macarons, I was so excited when Joe asked me to dye for the golden skein. I always love to experiment with new colourways, but it wasn't as easy as I thought to come up with the right mix. I wanted to put all the colours of the photo in one skein, but I wanted a versatile colourway as well. Colourful yet simple and elegant, lovely knitted alone or paired with other colours. So I decided for a natural background with lots of pops of colour, sprinkle, sprinkled randomly here and there to make each skein unique and more special. I dyed each skein as if I was preparing that plate of macaroons to serve trying to find the right place for each colour. I'm so happy with the final result and I hope you'll enjoy knitting with your skin as much as I enjoyed dyeing it. So that, yeah, it's really cool. It's like quite a speckledy colourway. Um, lots of the different colours are in there and you can pick out all the different colours of the macarons. And it's really pretty and fun knitted up and obviously it's 100% BFL. It wears well, doesn't really pill much and takes dye beautifully. So uh, that was a really pretty colourway as well. The last one was one of our favourites, one of the stalwarts, if you will, of the Golden Skein, and that is Heather Darvell of Sparkle Dark. We do like to invite really popular dyers that our members love back into Dye for the Club again to create something new for them that they can't get anywhere else. And uh, Heather, this will be her third time in, in the Golden Skein. Uh, she's not been in for over a year. We don't tend to bring people back in at less than a year after they've done it. Um, the first time but we do, if they're popular we do like to bring them back in again. Uh, she dies at Sparkle Duck and she is based in Cambridge. She started knitting as a child but had not knitted much for many years until attending a class on beaded wire knitting at a textile show. That rekindled her curiosity. She then enjoyed the discovery that dyeing yarn produced colour colourful tactile results quickly. When a mixture of illness and redundancy meant that she needed to alter her career path, she decided to develop a business around hand-dyed yarn. Her inspiration comes from a whole range of places, including science, engineering, technology, music, science fiction, fantasy, nature, clouds and sunsets. Heather prefers creating representations of things rather than the realistic, true-life version. She dyed it onto a strata space, which is a glorious 70% superwash blue face Leicester, 20% silk and 10% cashmere base. Nice, lovely, plump, fluffy, luxurious base there. Now I can't read out Heather's inspiration for Macaroon Mayhem, which is the name of her colourway, because she actually did it as a picture which we put, these are the notes that we put into every parcel. So when you open the parcel and you get your yarn out, the inspiration from the dyers is all printed out on some lovely paper and tied together with some ribbon, which I'm told makes amazing cat toys. And you get to read it then. So a lot of people will open it, take out the inspiration, read it first, and then open the yarn. Um, I'd just rip it all open if I was them. But she's, it's actually a picture, so we've put the picture into the notes so you can see it. So I'll put the picture in the show notes for you because it's really clever if you watch exactly how she's gone about developing the colour. Because um, I think with these things, and I've, I've talked about kind of the stories of hand-dyed yarns and why I like them so much. 
uh, before and it's not just a oh this is exclusive and expensive and yay me type thing snobbiness it's because it's already a work of art it's already had so many hours of effort put into it before you've even got to it and the stories of the people behind it and why they die the way they die and how they were inspired enhances the knitting journey for me and makes it more interesting than just going getting a ball off a shelf and there's nothing wrong with commercial yarn at all there's there's absolutely a place for every commercial yarn including eyelash yarn and and funfair and all that kind of stuff they have their place and um, but that is why i in particular like the hand dyed is because of the the handmade nature behind it before you even get to do your stuff with it and um, so those were the three dyers and it's <laughs> The spare skeins that were available have already gone out to club members and there's only snail yarn left as it stands and uh, in tomorrow it will be going out to the mailing list members. So if you want to get involved then get onto the mailing list because you always, if you're not a subscriber, the mailing list people get the next offer of any spares. There's normally only literally a handful because the limited edition runs so I have a couple of spares in case any of them go missing because they go all over the world. Once I know everyone's got their yarn and I can kind of calm down, then the spare ones are made available if people want to uh, wait and see what they are first or if you see them and want some more for a bigger project. You can find everything to do with The Golden Skein over at www.thegoldenskein.com and the sign-ups for the next quarter will be open on the 1st of April. They're only open for a week each quarter. Um, so if you miss that one then you're looking at mid july before you can get involved so like i say you don't need to buy stuff from me go check these guys out that's why i share it with you because i've spent ages finding them and working with them and the whole point is that you can go and um, check them out for yourself and see if there's anything else that they do that you like so that is the last quarter of the golden's game for you and now we're going to bring things to a close I think that is all we have time for this week. Don't forget, if you want to join in with the free content calendar webinar, you can join the mailing list. Links will be in the show notes and that will be taking place on Thursday evening at 8pm. But other than that, I hope you'll have a great week. Happy crafting and I will speak to you all again soon. Bye. to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the walter boys and i need a drink i need a drink